and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Eric and Sarita. Sarita. Welcome back. Our first episode in a few weeks. We moved since the last time we recorded. Mm -hmm. So we've now been in Georgia for, what, about two weeks now? Something like that, yeah. Feels like longer. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If, why does, it feels like way longer, well, actually. a lot has happened since we got here. That's true. Eric has already traveled <laughs> and from here and come back from New York. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. I I don't really have a plan for this episode. I just felt like this probably needs to be like just a random kind of update because a lot has changed and there's just too many things in flux right now to really distill it down into one like main theme, you know? Yeah. Too much to like plan out. Like what is a core thing we've learned since the last episode it's just there's just been too much like you said Mm -hmm. floating around and happening yes Yes. so i mean i'd like to kind of just recap everything that's happened but i I would like you to help me not get stuck on the the little things yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so we moved Yes. We finished putting all of our stuff in a storage. Can you can you even believe that happened? No, it feels like a literal dream slash nightmare. Can you believe our stuff is in Colorado? Like our stuff is in Colorado still. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. It is so weird. So in case you're not like totally caught up, listeners, uh, we moved with someone, a friend of a friend of a friend has this house in Atlanta that they're not currently living in. But a lot of their, most of their stuff is in the house. So we left furniture, etc. in Colorado, drove out here with our necessities. So yeah, here we are. Mm -hmm. Lots of stuff in storage. Can't believe it even happened. But yeah, we got all of our stuff in the storage unit. And then we drove across the Midwest. And here we are. Went through Kansas, Missouri, a little bit of Kentucky, a little bit of Illinois, spent a night in Nashville. Mm. We had a great night in Nashville. We found this vegan restaurant and oof, we had a great conversation with our Uber driver. Oh, yeah. (laughs) About stranger things and uh, weird science stuff. It was very interesting. Uh, But yeah, the trip overall... It's. It was one of those things where, like, it was. I feel like it was as good as it could have been. I agree. Which was still not great because it's just. It was like four days of driving, in separate cars by ourselves. It wasn't terrible, but you know, it was as good as it could have gone. It was mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I was listening to lectures about human design pretty much the entire time. I felt very. Uh, my brain felt very like overstimulated by the time we arrived. So since we have arrived, I've just been playing video games, <laughs> kind of like undoing all of that. But you stuffed your brain full of so much information on the drive. And now I'm like integrating it. And yeah. Whereas I re-listened to the book Project Hail Mary. So I was driving, you know, through these cornfields and whatnot in Kansas. But I felt like I was on a spaceship trying to solve... Um, a universal uh, space issue, <laughs> like <laughs> the character in the book. Mm-hmm. So overall, it was just, it was just what a surreal experience. But now we're here. We made it to the house and Atlanta is beautiful. It's very green. It's very wet. It rains a lot. 
A lot, a lot, which I'll take over Colorado where it almost never rained, Mm -hmm. but was quite often gray during the summers. Very strange. Very cloudy, not very rainy. All morning, just a massive thunderstorm here. I really like it. Yeah, this morning I woke up and I had woken up from a dream that I was, I don't know where I was, but there were just planes like taking off and landing very close to my head. And it was extremely loud. And then I woke up and realized there was thunder rumbling outside Mm -hmm. in real life. And I was like, oh, that's why I was dreaming about plane engines. Because it sounds like thunder when you're asleep or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay. So we got back or we got here and I kind of immediately went up to New York. My dad has been having all these hip issues and he needed a hip replacement on his right hip. So... I flew up there to kind of just assist them in the convalescence. What does that word mean? Getting better. That's what convalescence means. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I went up there to assist with that. Uh, I just helped him get in and out of bed and the shower and (laughs) all the things, which is funny because like basically 30 years ago, exactly. My dad flew out and helped his dad, my grandpa, with a hip replacement. And uh, well, I can't I wait for you to get a hip replacement in 30 years. You know, hopefully I won't need to. I'll be out of town. But, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Well, it's funny because, you know, my, my dad and my stepmom kept saying, like, what would we do without you? Like, what would we do if you weren't here? But, like, Claudia, my stepmother, she still had, like, a full normal life, too. You know, she was taking care of, like, all the house things. You know, so Mm -hmm. like she already had her normal amount of things to take care of. So if she had to do that and also like help my dad move his -hmm. body in every single way for three days straight, uh, it would have been a little overwhelming. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Which, you know, this leads me to the question that I've been asking a lot since we got here, which is why is everybody so fragmented and away from their community and stuff? Like, why are we dealing with all of these things on our own Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you mean like families in particular yeah like why does everyone move away yeah well what do you think the answer is i i I really don't know i'm not saying that it's the wrong thing to do for everyone but i really do think in america at least especially you know i feel like it's a little bit different like in um like latino or asian households i think there's a lot more blending of the generations right like my mom's side of the family like many of them are living together Mm -hmm. and so that's very normal and not frowned upon at all but I do feel like white people at least at least I think because I'm half white I grew up kind of believing that moving out and moving away was the only way to kind of signal that you were getting ahead in the world or mm. you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really, really reevaluating all of that. Yeah. And I didn't know any better because I grew up in a white family around mm-hmm. all white people on Long Island. And that's just, that's just what you, you did. And it really wasn't until you and I got together when I was like, Oh, like your grandma and grandpa, what well, your Lolo and Lola like live with, 
one of their kids and their kids. There's four generations in the house oh my now. God, there are. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And like growing up, I just I never really questioned like I kind of like felt sorry for people like that or like I felt bad for anyone who didn't leave their hometown. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know, maybe that's also like our generation too. I feel like a lot of our angsty music growing up was about like getting out of our town and like doing something new and mm-hmm. yeah. So I I like never questioned that I would go away and not come back and like be on my own. And that was just like the better, the superior thing. And I I feel like also with everything that's been having happening with the pandemic and a lot of people moving back and a lot of people being lonely if they didn't move back home or like were living alone during the pandemic. Also because of the whole financial situation in the country and everything being so expensive, just everything is getting like, everything is being called into question, like all of our values, our way of doing life and... Mm -hmm. Well, it's, you know, talking about families, it really, it took me a long time to, like, really understand, you know, like, I didn't get why so much of your family lived together. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I just was, like, I just didn't understand it, you know, and it took me a while to, like, get comfortable with the idea and be like, yeah, they really are all, like, f- fine. There's nothing wrong with people, you know, and that's just part of breaking my... Uh, like my norm you know just like Mm -hmm. realizing that other people and other cultures live differently than you you know and have for the majority of human history Mm -hmm. like we're designed to be in communities i'm not saying everyone needs to be squished into one home but like we should at least be i mean unless you know i'm not saying anything is true for every single person but i think a lot of us like really could benefit from having our families or some sort of like core community near us. I mean, the fact that when we lived in San Diego for just six months, um, we were living with my mom and sister and my mom's childhood home where the rest of her family lives is just like right up the hill, right? Like literally we would walk there and we needed help moving our dresser upstairs. And my uncle just like drove over like after work one day and it's like those little things, like you really start to take them for granted, I guess, until you're like alone, mm-hmm. which we, I mean, we've had your family near us for a lot of the time we've lived together, but like we moved, the last place that we lived in Northern Colorado was like like an hour away from most of our friends and Eric's family in Colorado. And even that, like it doesn't sound like that much, like one hour drive, but it like really is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I've been in trying to find where we belong, you know, capital B. (laughs) I I feel like I've been like valuing all of these things that I thought mattered, but actually what matters is for us, I think, having people around us that we know and like can count on and who Mm -hmm. we can help. Because I think we also derive meaning from being able to assist other people Mm -hmm. To to bring us back to like your trip to help your dad. Yeah. So, I mean, even since we've been living in Atlanta, so a, a big part of the reason we moved here is because my second cousin, Dylan, who is an avid What Is Life dude listener and supporter, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he lived here like his entire life. And the day we got here, he came over and we just like talked in the dining room for hours, the three of us. It was the first time he and Sarah have met. 
Um, but Dylan's just like, he used to travel to New York a lot for work. And growing up, I would just see him once a year, maybe every other year. And I would just be so excited. I was like, oh my God, Dylan's coming. He's just like, we've always gotten along so well. He's a little bit older than both Sarah and I. And yeah, we're trying to figure out where we should live next. And he's like, oh, you know, like Atlanta's cool for these reasons. And even just having had him around for the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. we've seen him a few times. I mean, the man drove out and picked me up from the house and brought me to the airport when I went to New York and then picked me up from the airport and brought me back home after. Mm-hmm. Like, just the nicest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, this has just become, like, a Dylan shout-out because he <laughs> knows... He knew about my anxiousness leading up to going to New York and traveling by myself, uh, which is part of the reason he picked me up and dropped me off. But even just having one person, like, you know much closer to us has just been fantastic right and we're gonna meet some of his friends tomorrow it's like his best (laughs) friend's son's third birthday party tomorrow we're just gonna go and meet these people uh but what was i saying we were talking about just having people around and having a little community yeah and i just want to go back and just talking about your family in san diego and everything like breaking my mind out of the like upper middle class white perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone needs to be broken out of whatever their perspective, whatever perspective there they've gotten used to. Right. And that has done that for me in that sense. Yeah. I think everyone can always benefit from a little bit of whatever they haven't experienced. Right. So it's like, you don't want to be so enmeshed in like your family or your community's lives where like it's like a codependency thing, right? But you also don't need to like buy so much into the kind of like Western belief that like mm. just be individual and like have all of your own things and do everything on your own and like don't ask for help. And I feel like I we're coming into like we're being able to synthesize both ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. you know yeah and also people not having people not understanding the perspective of other cultures and whatnot other races other religions i mean wouldn't you say that's where so much hate and prejudice comes from just not yeah not understanding what other people go through or have gone through yes of course so it's very important and i don't know it's it's nice to have your family around Mm -hmm. and i think the interesting thing to this like ties into the whole like you know discussion about capitalism and like work and materialism because i feel like i mean it's a new thing where like it's just the nuclear family living in one home right like I feel like like a few generations ago, even in the United States, there was a lot more, um, what am I, what do I want to say? Like intergenerational mm-hmm. cohabitation. That sounded so uh, formal. Cohabitation. Intergenerational cohabitation. But like, you know, <laughs> like it's like, an, it's like a newer thing in human history to like move out and need all of your own things. Mm-hmm. It's like when we... Oh my God, we were talking about this recently, you and I. I forgot about this conversation we had had. Which part? About 
uh, when since families split up and kids move out and whatnot, mm-hmm. but then everyone buys the same shit. Yeah. Did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't Potentially. think we did. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But either way, you can say it again. Well, it's like, for example, we were living in San Diego and then we moved back to Fort Collins on our own. And the first day or the first few days, there's a snowstorm. We're stuck in the house. We're, we're going to make chili. And I'm like, fuck, I don't have a can opener because I was using my mom's can opener. And it's like you move out and you have to acquire a new like token of every single thing that you use that someone else that you know and love already had. And it's like, it's just a bit strange. And then you're so far apart and like, and then like beyond that, we, we've also gotten to the point where we want something, a certain thing in every single room. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need a, a TV here and here and here and here. And it's just crazy how like we're making these, little worlds in every single room mm-hmm. and each of the worlds needs its own set of things which is really crazy <laughs> and like we got to this house for example and there's one tv in the house and it's mounted on the wall in the bedroom and i was like what there's no tv in the living room and i i mean i know the woman who owns the house we're staying in she has a second house elsewhere and she probably has those things there like i know she's been staying there for a while so she took a lot of things so maybe there was a tv in this living room at some point but there's not right now mm-hmm. and i was like so what are we just gonna like not use this room and we watch all of our tv in bed and it's like well I, it's it's just us in this house yeah so it's like do we even need to be able to watch tv in the living room and the bedroom you know if we have people come over it's like yeah it's nice to have people come over and play video games on the TV and not, you know, be in our bedroom. But like for us, it's like, does it actually matter that there's no also, there's no one coming over here except for Dylan. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. I'm just starting to like, really, I feel like a lot of things are coming full circle in my mind as in I, I've been reflecting a lot about my childhood and who I was like as a child and like my family circumstances and where I lived. And I, it's like, coming up a lot in my mind since I've been here in this new unfamiliar place and trying to figure out where we're going to move and what matters to us. And like, I don't know, I find myself referencing my childhood a lot because I feel like children are very true to themselves Mm -hmm. and children tend to have a pretty good idea of what they like and what brings them joy. And then we kind of get corrupted (laughs) in all these different Mm -hmm. ways. Um, I think a lot of it happens in the school system, but you know, that's another discussion but kids don't know any better yeah they don't know anything other than themselves at the beginning yeah i i um grew up there were four people in my family right my mom my dad and my sister we didn't have like a ton of money for most of my upbringing we lived in a two-bedroom and i shared a bedroom with my sister and we just didn't have that much stuff um and I would do a lot of art because like art supplies aren't that expensive and we'd spend that time outside and i'd just be drawing and singing and we'd play video games and I just like we just didn't like there have been times when I've been an adult especially when we were living in our um, like the large house that we were living in in Colorado Mm -hmm. the second place that Eric and I lived together huge house what it was like five six rooms yeah there were three bedrooms and then there was a basement a finished basement that was this like the same um like square footage as the top part of the house right it was the basement 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just so much space. And there have been moments, and even in the last place we lived, which was just like a two bedroom between the two of us, I was like, I now have more things and more space than my parents did when they were raising me. Mm. And what the fuck? Like, to be a child and to be like, I don't know. It just like, it was a very surreal thought that Mm -hmm. I, me still feeling kind of like a child myself, like had quote unquote surpassed like my parents' level of, um, you know, like material acquisition Mm -hmm. at my age. And I was like, but why don't I feel as happy as I did when I was a kid? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like the more we have just for the sake of having it, like the worse off we feel. Right. And then there's me who has been trying not to compare myself to like my parents and what they have and what their lives are like because, you know, they're they're my parents and now they're grandparents. And I just have to keep reminding myself like, I'm young and at a different point in my life. I don't need to have all the things they have right now, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just, can I just go back and say one thing that I've been thinking about this whole time? Yes, please do. (laughs) When you were talking about music from growing, from our generation growing up, just about being like leaving this town and whatnot, Mm -hmm. that's huge in like pop punk specifically. Yes. It's like a meme in pop punk. Like, I'm going to leave this town behind. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's in so many songs. And like, especially like a band like Blink-182, they've been memed for saying like, I'm never coming home. Like in songs, like throughout their entire musical catalog, their entire career. And then on the drive out here, I revisited the album they came out with in 2016 and they're just like they're adults now when that album came out they were like in their early 40s I guess but they still even even now like play into that vibe you know and like the first single that came off came out from that album going into the chorus the line is I'm never coming home Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm, I'm never I'm, I'm never going home whatever and i'm like huh still singing like that yeah. and it's just it's like really indicative of i don't know just like i just think of like upper middle class white guys mm-hmm. in pop punk bands singing about how they have to leave this town and then when i graduated college i was like man i need to leave this town i need to <laughs> leave i need to leave new york and move to colorado oh yeah and now we're trying to figure out where we want to live. And I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard us say this, but I'm like, I think, I think I want to live in New York. And we're like, fuck, how do we get back to New York? It's so expensive. And I was talking to my family about this and I was like, it's just so fucking annoying that I could have just stayed here. Like I, I didn't, I never had to leave. I could have just moved to the city. Like all three out of the four of my sisters did. Mm-hmm. Right. Most of my sisters just graduated college and moved to the city or Queens or Brooklyn. Yeah. And I know if you're listening, you're like, wait, aren't Brooklyn and Queens in the city? When I say the city, I'm usually talking about Manhattan. Queens and Brooklyn are like their own separate things in my mind. Anyway, (laughs) um, so now we're like, how do we get back? That's where we want to, you know. Mm -hmm. But if if I had moved straight to the city, who knows what would have happened in our lives that led us to this point. So none of it, it's all a moot point, but you catch my drift. Yeah. 
It's it's just interesting. See what I mean? Like we are both and maybe like even as a collective in on earth, like we are revisiting like all of our values and like I don't know. It's just a crazy time. Yeah. I've just been reevaluating everything. I mean, we're just like what do we want out of our lives, right? And first of all, I just just want to say because people are like this is their first episode from Georgia and they're already talking about like where they want to go and what they want to, you know, what they want to do. Right. Let me just say, we do like it here. Oh yeah. But the reason we're living here is because it's temporary and it gives us the option to either stay or go. It's just, it's all in motion. So don't worry about us. Mm -hmm. This is, this was the plan all along. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we're, thinking about our values and like we want to be around people we know and family and art and culture and Broadway musicals and <laughs> I don't know just I I never liked New York City growing up I was always like Ugh, it's too it's too crowded and big and gross and you know if you listen to our episode that we did when we visited New York together in May after that trip um you'll know that we were just enamored with the city and we were like, ah, oh, we got to live here. This is not a new thought. Yeah. But yeah. I think, and I'm an, I'm an introvert and I kind of have always assumed that I'd rather like be off in my own world. In the countryside. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I just think I was wrong or maybe I was right for a particular period of my life. And that period when I was like really trying to figure out myself and I needed to not be influenced by so many people. But I've been thinking about like all of the things that I love and you love them. I love them more when I'm able to share them with people. Right. So it's like we moved here and I've been singing like constantly. Eric and I have been practicing a lot of like Broadway tunes and we've been starting to like kind of write some more music here. (laughs) That's a whole nother, you know, topic of discussion, which we'll get into. I would like to mention it, but we don't have to really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been like, the kitchen's really cute. I've been cooking. I've been singing. I've been playing video games, which is something that I used to love as a kid. And I I was like, why don't I start doing that again? And it's because for so long, I've been trying to find like only hobbies that I could monetize or like turn into a business at some point. I'm like, you know what? It's so important to have something that you aren't putting that pressure on. And even mm-hmm. now, like, I have to admit, I'm, like, seeing other people doing, like, streaming video games, and they are making a career out of it, and I'm, like, kind of tempted, like, should I find a way to, like, do that? And it's like, no, don't corrupt everything that you love and get pure joy out of um, because of capitalism. Anyway, so that, I've... That's what happens when you, like, work for yourself and you're a creator. Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe I can... I can uh, like what I do is kind of malleable. And mm-hmm. if I'm a YouTuber here, I can kind of be a YouTuber for this other thing if I wanted to be. Yeah. And you start getting in your head and you're like, should I play Stardew Valley on, on stream? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I've just been spending so much time doing all these things that I really like. And then like at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I like kind of sad? And it's because we're like 
well, we're not in the middle of nowhere, but it kind of feels like it. When you do, when you do, when you don't know a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, why don't I like have any energy to cook? I thought I loved cooking my entire life. I've loved cooking, and it's like, well, a majority of your life you were like cooking for your family, or you were living um, with a bunch of other people in school, and you were cutting class so that you could cook bread and pastries for them. And it's like, I don't actually care that much about like what I'm eating. Like, I'm not making stuff for. Like, I am interested in the process of cooking, but I've never, like, approached it like a food scientist or, like, I've never wanted to go to, like, culinary school because I love, like, the art of, and like, the art and science of cooking. It's more like I want to make things for people that they can't experience on their own. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I want to make someone else's life easier by making them dinner. Or, like, I want to make vegan croissants for our, someone who can't have regular croissants or, like gluten-free stuff, whatever. So I'm like, shit, I, like, I'm not going to be able to like love cooking to my fullest capacity unless I'm doing it for other people. Um, and then there have been times when I'm like, well, does that mean I should start a restaurant or something? And it's like, no, I don't want to like sell my food. Like I want to give it to people. Like I want to host dinner parties and stuff. And like same with singing and like also playing video games again makes me super like nostalgic and again i'm thinking about like my childhood when my sister and i like in our like shared bedroom we're like watching anime and like playing video games together and it's like oh like when you're a kid i mean like i guess everyone comes from different circumstances but like i had like a pretty good upbringing is what i'm realizing Mm -hmm. it's like when you're valuing like money and things for a long time, I believed like I didn't have that great of an upbringing because I didn't have a lot. And it's like, oh, like I had everything that I needed, but I'm just like reevaluating everything. That's like the word I keep using, reevaluating. I'm seeing everything, everything through this lens of like, I love this thing and I love it more when there's other people to share it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to the cooking, it's not it's not the food itself. It's and for some people, it definitely is the food itself. Like you said, some people love like the science or the art behind cooking, which I know you do care about. But what I hear you saying is that it's the feeling that comes when you give something you've created to someone else and the response you get. Wow, this made me feel good mm-hmm. for these reasons. Yes. Which is the same reason we want to make music. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so uh, the, the the house we're staying in, it's basically my cousin Dylan. He has a buddy. His buddy's mother-in-law owns the house, right? And she's not living here right now. So we were kind of saying, we were like, how can we, you know, like, how can we repay your friend? Like, can we do something nice for him for like setting this whole thing up for us and getting us basically allowed to stay here for a few months? And my cousin Dylan thought about it and he was like, well, he, 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 him and his wife just had twins and like, he's going back to school like next month. He's like, so I think what you guys could do for him, if you wanted to do something nice would be just like cook a meal, like invite his whole family over for a meal. And like, cause he always says the hardest thing when school gets going with the kids and everything is like finding the time to like eat a, a good meal at the end of the day. It just takes so much time. So we're like, we could hook that up. We could do, that's, that's like the perfect thing we could mm-hmm. do for him and his family as a thank you. It's because it's exactly what you just described. 
Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. It's interesting because I work like in food, but as like a content creator and there's just always been something missing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I- I'm doing what I love, but it's like a different context is what I'm realizing is like, I don't, I don't want to be a food educator. I don't want to teach people how, to- I mean, I'm, people can learn from me if they want to, but that's not what I feel like I'm here to transmit primarily is like, I want to make food for people. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just. You don't want to feed it to a camera. Yeah. You want to feed it to a person who says, wow. I mean, it's just, I honestly, the list of foods that I really enjoy is quite small. (laughs) And the amount of effort that I'm willing to spend making myself food and the amount of money I'm willing to spend on myself to have food, like, is small. So unless Eric, like, is requesting something specific, and then I can kind of, like, get excited because it's something he wants. Mm. Like, I just don't care, you know? And I've been like, do I hate cooking? Is my job making me hate cooking? It's like, no, you're just in the complete wrong wrong context. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's interesting because, like, for me... I've always liked cooking. I've always liked cooking in a very specific way. So like when I lived when I lived off campus junior and senior year of college and I started cooking like for myself for the first time, mm-hmm. I noticed I I would have like I really did have like a very strict pattern. Like 6 days a week, I would just make pasta or rice or like mashed potatoes or something, and then I would have like a protein, tofu or beans or like some i mean faux meat back then you know mm-hmm. like five six years ago wasn't what it is now <laughs> there's still some stuff out there and then i would just like saute a vegetable i would just kind of like carbs protein vegetable for dinner and it would just be very like thrown together sauteed stir fried whatever that's how i cooked and then like sunday like most sundays you know i'd like make something that has the more effort right that mm-hmm. was like a longer process and was like more artsy and i had to like follow a recipe artsy Not ar- you know what i mean my family would always do pasta sunday mm-hmm. i would just you know me i would do like, what do you think i'm gonna say chili chili lasagna exactly yeah chili exactly both of those things yeah things <laughs> that just took more effort and and more time yeah and but m- the majority of the time like i said i was just kind of like, throwing stuff together yeah and that's like that's how i would eat still every single day if you weren't in my life and that's how I ate for the three days I was in New York you know like for dinner we actually for for dinner two of the nights I was there we my dad had like friends drop off oh you just had surgery and like isn't that nice so nice (laughs) it's so so nice so yeah one well it was actually the first night we had dinner dropped off was from my sister Mallory's husband's parents so the parents all know each other now. So they like got food delivered from a restaurant. And then the second night, just one of my dad's closest friends, him and his wife just dropped off. Like it must have been like a hundred dollars worth of Greek food. Like they just got <laughs> like everything. Mm-hmm. And they knew I was there. So they got falafel because they knew it was vegan. It was so nice. But uh, aside from those meals, when I was in New York, I just like threw shit together from like what my non-vegan parents had in the house like leftover rice from the chinese from chinese food and like right. a can of black beans right and i just didn't care mm-hmm. and it's interesting 
you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> wild, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, and the food conversation, I know I kind of went off on a tangent with it, but uh, it was reminding me, I mean, we were talking about food and we were talking about art and music and whatnot, and it's all kind of the same thing, right? We talk about how we were as kids and what we liked to do and what we wanted to do. And, you know, I've always just wanted to write music that has an effect on people, like you were saying with cooking. Like you, you want to cook, so people say like, wow, thank you so much. It was delicious. I feel great now and whatever. Isn't it interesting how these two things that we love so much are like so universally loved? And it's like just human nature to take things and just add more and more like mm, beauty slash complexity to it. But like in a good way in that like we've always been eating like as a species and we, it's like human nature to turn things into art. Mm. Yes. Like everything now we evolves. Make, yeah. And music and food are two artistic media that promote community and gathering it's like people pile into a fucking theater or in, into a stadium to listen to like a few people in the middle of it sing like make fancy noise <laughs> and then like a couple times out of the year we all like pile into a dining room and we make fancy food that we don't make like no, no one's making a turkey in like july you mm. know but it's just like we have all these traditions built off of sound and built off of food and, and, and it's true like with it's with every culture right because you were talking about thanksgiving in america mm -hmm. but it's also like you know jews don't eat i mean maybe some jews do but the jews i know in my family and friends we don't we don't make matzo ball soup or eat gefilte fish or we make a brisket like only on passover and hanukkah and whatnot yeah it's yeah it's cool and I mean, we'll, I'll wrap up the like food conversation, but I'm, I'm just thinking about all these things. It's like we are we're thinking like, where the hell are we going to be this holiday season? Like, where are we going to be? And something that was so great about last year was that for Thanksgiving, we hosted Thanksgiving. We hosted a vegan Thanksgiving. We had a bunch of our friends and like your family over into our tiny little apartment <laughs> condo. Sorry. And that was like a peak experience for us. And I feel like that experience might have even been like part of like it might have been like one of the first dominoes to set in motion. Like, should we be moving like to New York? Because mm -hmm. like we love gathering people like we've always loved hosting people like I don't know. I, I don't know. I just feel like that experience kind of was one of the first ones to sh start shifting our perspective about like where we needed to be living. It really took a long time for me to grow up and like, I don't know. And just realize this is going to sound, I don't mean to phrase it like this, but realize how much I love my family. Yeah. And like, I'm allowed to really love my family. And I could, when you're a teenager and you're growing up, you're just like, like, like we said before, I want to leave this town. Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be around my my parents and like even when I was when I graduated college I was like yeah you know I love you guys like I love my parents I love all my sisters but they all live in New York 
and I just, I just don't, I just want to like try something new, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, but, and, you know, I stand by it because I tried something new. I moved away from New York in 2016. So for the last, so I guess five and a half years, I've been living away from them. And what did I learn? Like, you know, it would be pretty cool to live around them. Mm-hmm. I went to New York last week and I saw one of the babies <laughs> and I saw two of my four sisters and I, my parents. And it was just, it was just nice. Right. And my brain lights up when I'm around people and I feel more like myself. And I can, I feel that too. Like, what do you mean? I recognize you more when you're interacting with other people, um, when you're being influenced by other people. And it like, I get like the runoff of that. Like Mm -hmm. I feel better. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting. But like back to the like holiday, like fancy food (laughs) thing. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like if we're alone, like during the holidays, like, I mean, we've spent a couple of Christmases alone, right? And we just like make, tofu or something Mm -hmm. it's like what makes it worth the effort is always other people Mm -hmm. you know it's just for us not fun yeah it's just a little sad Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) (sighs) yeah so when it comes to the music thing actually well i am just like choked on my own tongue (laughs) i don't know if you heard that (laughs) on the recording uh hold on before we get to the music thing I just want to talk about being with my family a little bit in New York. Uh, I don't know if anyone in the history of modern medicine has gotten a hip replacement and then laughed so much and so hard for over the course of the first few days of recovery. Like me and my dad and my stepmom weirdly just had such a good time, even though my dad... <laughs> was just in like brutal recovery pain for the few days I was there. And, you know, it's just, I really felt, it's going to sound stupid. I really felt like an adult. I flew up there by myself and like they relied on me, the youngest child who grew up just being such a little jackass. Like they relied mm-hmm. on that kid to be a pillar of uh what word should i use i don't want to say a pillar of strength (laughs) it sounds ridiculous a pillar and protector of justice yes i fun fact i became okay i'll admit it i became a superhero on long island yeah (laughs) but no i mean like the fact that they just relied on me for something important and difficult that i felt like i did a very good job at while i was there i just i felt a little proud of myself i'll admit it you should I will admit it, yeah. And yeah, I just, I, it just was, it was just good and affirming that I actually grew up, if that makes sense. It does make sense. You know? <laughs> because, I mean, we appreciate and love those people that we can count on growing up. And it is nice to be able to become that person for someone else. Yeah. And realizing and understanding that it has happened is like, wow. Not just a dumb kid. I'm yeah. a slightly less dumb adult. <laughs> so the whole thing was very nice. And like I said, we had a weird amount of fun. I mean, I know it was less fun 
for there were there were some points where Claudia and I were just like hung up on a joke and like joking back and forth to each other while my dad was like trying to get out of bed and he's like hey uh can you shut the fuck up and help me please like that's why you're here and me and claudia are like oh god he's such let us have our fun no no, the whole thing was just it was quite the experience and Mm -hmm. sorry dad i know it hurts but i'm glad it happened (laughs) i mean the whole time i was just telling him i'm like just remember how much pain you've been in for the last few months right with like no end in sight Mm -hmm. so now all the pain he has while recovering is just it's all leading to actually being better Yes. But he's doing well. He, I mean, he, th- the amount he recovered just between the day he got home from the hospital when I showed up and the f- a few days after when I left, like he told me when I got back to Atlanta, he was like, oh yeah, like I went all the way downstairs and did some work at my desk for like a half an hour. And I was like, oh, you went down two flights of stairs. Like you could walk down both flights of stairs now. Like it's only been a few days. Mm-hmm. So. In case you were worried, I've gotten so many DMs from people mm-hmm. who are like, how's your dad? And people like, you know, like Jenna, like one of our close friends, mm-hmm. but also people like who just listen to the podcast, like you Aww, guys listening. That's so nice. Checking in on my dad. It's so nice. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. And uh, he he appreciates it. I've, mm-hmm. I've told him this and yeah, he's very, he's very grateful. That's great. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Music. Okay. Briefly. Let's go for it. How I don't know how far you want to, how deep you want to get into it. Um, I don't know what you have in mind. Okay. So when Sarah said we started writing some music since we've been here, as you know, if you're a listener, we have released two original songs. We released one original song in July of 2021, and then a second one in February of this year. And that's it. But we have a lot of songs floating around and we've been like trying... that we've written, maybe done some demos for, but haven't made like official studio versions of because we don't know what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we want them to sound like. We don't really know like what the goal is. I mean, ever since I was a kid, my dream was to be a rock star and something changed. Like we talked about briefly when we went to New York and saw Hamilton we're writing a musical. <laughs> <laughs> this is another full circle moment because that's another thing that we have in common is that I grew up listening to musicals. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my first preferred genre too is like I would listen to soundtracks. I remember getting like the Beauty and the Beast, like the Broadway, like the CD, the soundtrack. Actually... I think I would I would use it. Um, I would use my aunt's. She had a version. I would visit San Diego and I would like listen to hers on the boombox. And then I went home and I finally got one of my own from Borders. I like I remember that day. Borders. Yeah. And I would just like listen to that. Phantom of the Opera, all of the Disney stuff. And I just always be singing along to that. And I don't know. This is like a full circle moment. Yeah, and for me, you know, my dad has always been a huge theater geek. Mm-hmm. And I mean, luckily, I was privileged enough growing up that we would get to go into the city and see Broadway shows all the time. I'm a little annoyed that I was so young for a lot of them because, like, 
You don't remember. I just don't remember. And like, I'm still appreciative that I got to see them, but like, I don't really remember. I've seen like all the shows on Broadway Mm -hmm. and like, I don't really remember Lion King or Wicked or Rent. Oh my like God. all these amazing shows like I know I saw them and I have very vague memory but I've, I've seen all the shows but I was just really young and they've been they're ingrained in your psyche though don't worry they are and I will once again acknowledge the privilege of that being my childhood but I still grew up wanting to be the rock star I wanted to be Billy Joe Armstrong I wanted to be Dave Grohl And then kind of just over the last two years or so, when you and I have been writing stuff and recording stuff, I don't know. I just, I don't, I feel like I haven't been getting like the drive to, to do it. And I'm, I hadn't really been understanding why. And now that we're like, should we try, we have all these songs, should we try like turning them into like a concept album? And then that grew like, that grew into or a musical, I feel like it's making way more sense in my brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also my kind of natural style of writing is what I'm realizing. Storytelling. Every Yes. Heavy storytelling. Every time I've tried to like make my songwriting fit pop music, and I've tried, like I've just, I always end up not liking it as much, you I, know? I feel like your lyric your lyricism specifically Mm -hmm. is a little too, I don't know what word to use. So I'll just use the word big for pop music. (laughs) It's too esoteric. Esoteric. Is that the wrong word? Mm, I don't know if it's Uh, esoteric. You talk, let me look at that word because maybe I don't know what it means. Well, I, I, (laughs) I have a lot of words. I, our last single minus sign. I mean, it was fun to make. I don't really love it. And I don't, I couldn't explain why I never really loved it, but it's because I was trying really hard to make it fit like pop conventions. I will say it's a good fucking song. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. It's a good song. But I have a lot of other music that I like more that we haven't recorded because I've, I have been like, I think it's too long or I think there's too many, I think there's too many words. And I need to simplify it and I need to make it more amenable to like pop music and 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 then I would just table it because I didn't feel motivated to do that because mm-hmm. I felt like I was losing something when I do that. Because mm-hmm. um, well, you are. Mm-hmm. And esoteric was close to the word. It was it was close to what I was trying to say. Um, I'm more so meant because I looked up esoteric and it said <laughs> likely to only be understood by a small group of individuals or whatever. I don't feel like my writing is hard to understand, but I think there's a lot of it. Yeah, and pop music is I mean, it everyone knows it's it's famously uh It's for the short attention span. Obtuse. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I spent 10,000 hours. <laughs> you know, and the, like you said, you have a lot of words and there's a lot of meaning and it's long and it, it really just is more conducive to like theater. It's, it's mm-hmm. you write theatrical music yes. and I feel like I, I feel like I kind of do too. You write theatrical music like, um, musically, musically and yeah. I write it theat- um, lyrically. Yes. So, and I, I don't mean to alienate anyone who is listening that like doesn't know that much about like songwriting and like music as like a theory thing but i'm gonna say all this anyway 
sorry, maybe you'll learn something. But Sarah writes, you write a lot of words with a lot of meaning and a lot of cool rhymes. And you just do a lot of cool things lyrically. (laughs) And musically, you play, you use all the chords in a key. You write very diatonically. And diatonically? Yeah. And it's just, it's you pop songwriting, right? You just play like the simple chords and it's, but you do it in a catchy way and your lyrics are very, very intense. Whereas I've never been much of a lyricist in my own opinion, mm-hmm. but I, I choose chords that they're more complicated. It's more complex the way one section goes to another or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not just like common pop chord writing, yes. you know, and together like you, your lyrics, like you said, have that complexity and my music has more of that complexity. Mm-hmm. So together it's cool. Yes. But we've we've been having trouble fitting it into the pop realm. So then when you listen to theater, you're like, they just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's as complex as as they want it to be, or as simple, or as short, or it's a ten minute song. It right. just anything goes. Yes. Isn't that also a musical? Anything goes. Is it? I think it is. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. It's been fun. I've felt much more challenged and like I'm growing more as a vocalist as like just just thinking about music since we've kind of shifted genres and it just makes sense. Yeah, for a few reasons and we'll have a longer conversation about this at some point because I don't want to say it all now, but writing writing a musical, writing a show and just taking the songs we already have and like fitting them into a story I'm already, I'm already feeling that, like, the meaning I've been looking for, the meaning I'm trying to get across in music that I've been trying to get across my whole life, even at the very, very beginning of this process, which is where we're at now, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like this could hit people in the way I've been trying to get at my entire life as a musician. Yes. And then logistically, I feel like... I feel like we have more of a path to success writing theater music than pop logistically. Music. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like, I feel like I feel like we have a greater chance of success writing theater music than pop music. You know. Okay. Because of people we know. Oh. Okay. You, you know what I mean. Well, yeah, but that's not really the reason to do it. But yeah, I no, know it's what not. You mean. It's I not. Know what you mean. But that's part of that's part of why it feels the way it feels. Because I'm like, oh, I can, I actually can like comprehend how we mm-hmm. can do this. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> do you have anything else before we uh, wrap it up? I don't think so. I like how this was. It started off as a random conversation, and then we just talked about um, community, 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 mm-hmm. and. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, people who are listening. Uh, sorry we did not film a video for this one, but... I'm never making a promise ever again. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just so much more... It's so much easier to record an audio-only podcast. Well, I think sometimes I want to make a video and sometimes I don't. And I think that I just... Man, I'm too old to like be creating... Uh, more boundaries for myself. Mm. Like I'm just gonna from now on just do whatever is easiest, whatever makes things easiest for me to create the things that I want to create. That's how I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know? I do. I do know. 
You want to go play some music? Mm, you want to play some Stardew Valley? I think I'm going to play video games for the rest of the year. <laughs> okay, I'll play some Minecraft. You play some Stardew <laughs> Valley. Um, and listeners, thank you again. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Love you. Adios.